Right. Um, thanks, everybody. Welcome to meeting nine of Frodham Town Council, Monday, twenty fifth of January. Um, can we have apologies for absence, please, Joe? I'm, apolog I'm um, giving apologies for absence for Councillor Lord Pennington. Yeah. And Councillor Pat Williamson, although I believe she is uh, going to be attempting to join us. Okay, thanks, Joe. Um, do we have any declarations of interest from councillors? No, no, but can I hold the reserve the right just in case? Thanks, Molly. Everybody else, no, no declarations. Okay, um, over to you then, Town Clerk. Okay, I just wanted you. Oh, just before you start, Joe, Caroline's indicating she wants to speak. Caroline. Uh, is Councillor Lynn Riley with us? Not yet. I think we are expecting her, but she could be late. Okay. Okay, sorry. Sorry about that, Joe. Over to you. Okay, I just wanted to note that um, the clerk made an apology to all councillors uh, regarding the handling of the budget meeting on the 11th of January. Um, the apology was made on the 16th of January. Um, I don't know whether you, Clark, uh, Chair, whether you want me to read out that apology for the benefit of the members of the public who may be here. That's entirely up to you, Joe. My apology was as follows. I apologise to all councillors for overstepping the mark on Monday the 11th. Councillor, I've removed the name. I particularly apologise to you for having put you in the waiting room during the meeting. In hindsight, this was not acceptable. It didn't help the situation and won't happen again. Chair, I apologise for undermining your authority as chair. In hindsight, I should have enabled the chair to control the meeting and not have taken such an active part in the meeting. The chair has advised that I need to take a step back in the meetings and I will endeavour to do this moving forward. I should not have ended the meeting so abruptly once business was over and I apologise for this. I am now aware that I can stop the official recording and leave the meeting as Clark host. This will enable councillors to continue with an informal meeting should they wish to do so once official business has been concluded. I do note that this will require a councillor to act as co-host following the removal of myself from the meeting. This can be set up on Zoom and we can activate this this evening. Once again, my sincere apologies to all of you. Thank you, Joe. Um, now we've got several members of the public with us and I believe um, we have uh, one. Yeah. Chair, I wonder, can I say something, please? Well, we're in public speaking time at the moment, Bill. Uh, well, actually, we're not because the clock's just stopped talking. And I, I want to raise a uh, uh, standing orders situation where I, I look at that and I see in standing orders 
number one, rules of debate, allow me to have some kind of comment on that or any other councillor on what I've just heard. So I'd like to be heard, please. Okay. Right. I thank the town clerk for her apology regarding her behaviour in the budget meeting of the 11th of February. Sorry, my apologies, January. However, the meeting in exhibited a level of lack of discussion and democracy that was not acceptable as a committee that is supposed to operate for the good of fraudulent residents. In short, it was a disgrace. And the people of Frodsham who saw it would have thought us an undisguised dysfunctional group supposedly working for them. We were represented with a we were presented with a report for the year 2021 and proposals from the clerk for budget of 21-22. Two councillors endeavoured on a number of occasions to ask questions and discussions regarding the expenditure, which is a normal feature of any sensible meeting. The result was they were immediately shut down by the chair and that was done repeatedly. These questions should have been listened to and discussed sensibly by the councillors. No, this wasn't allowed and to me that was astounding. The result it, this resulted in an unseemly and chaotic meeting, and may say on the brink of farce. It was undemocratic and dismissive of genuine concerns and in turn results in disservice to the community. We were expected to, we were expected obviously to rubber stamp the report, even though potentially the report of recent expenditure may have been inaccurate or questionable. The budget and precept for the coming year was discussed swiftly with an excellent proposal from Council McEwen to reduce the precept. Then it was suggested that we reduce the expenditure on the memorial path by £30,000 by the clerk, although the original proposal was that it be taken out of the reserves. Then the meeting was unilaterally shut down. Excuse me for a moment. It's no wonder that we have a high turnover of new councillors. It is good for the community to have so many excellent and dedicated volunteers. The meeting was rushed, unprofessional, and must not be allowed to continue for future meetings. I hope we will all learn from this and regain a reputation for the good and as being democratic in all meetings. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Bill. That um, Your comments will be taken into account when we get to agenda item 286C. Right, going back to public speaking time now, um, I believe um, Mrs. Scott wants to speak. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, thank you for the opportunity to speak. Um, but may I ask a question beforehand, because I'm a bit unsure of something. Um, well, you, you certainly you can ask. I'm not sure whether we can answer it. Depends on what you're asking. Okay, am I am I the resident referred to in the agenda item? Um, 
Clark, can you answer that one? Because I don't, I'm not sure that you, any name was disclosed. Could you clarify which agenda item? 286C. No. I'm not the I'm not the resident. It's not identified on the agenda. Okay, I'm really not quite sure where I'm going from here, Joe, but let me give you some background. Regarding item number two eight six C some background. After being contacted by a number of residents who expressed some concerns, I sought advice from the clerk as to how these concerns could be debated at full council. The clerk told me that an appropriate agenda item could be to consider correspondence received regarding residents' concerns. I now note, if it applies to me, and there's no clarification here, that 286C may not be the information I gave to full council. It might be a complaint with somebody else. However, I wish to make it clear that I have not made a complaint. I sincerely hope the resident referred to above isn't me. In fact, I specifically said to Joe that I did not wish to make a complaint. I am fully aware of the complaints policy. Secondly, if this agenda item refers to me, I wish to make it clear that concerns have not been expressed by a number of present, present residents not a resident. Thirdly, the concern that I submitted to Joe to be included do not necessarily refer to the, and I quote, the handling of the meeting held on the 11th of January 2021. Fourthly, I am not representing any residents. I am merely passing on comments received or posted on social media. I am very concerned about what appears to be a lack of democracy with the attitude displayed by the chair. Debated stifled and the voices of some councillors appear to be favoured to the detriment of others. It's been happening for years apart from a brief respite when we have a different chair. All councillors are entitled to a voice. What happens at the last budget meeting is just one example. Putting one councillor in the waiting room was wrong. And the fact that the clerk sought advice from Chalk prior to the meeting regarding using this option points of premeditation. I cannot help but wonder who asked her to seek such advice. I note that an apology from the clerk is forthcoming. 
more than one apology should be presented, in my opinion. But no matter how sincere or honourable that apology is, you cannot undo what has been done, nor ignore the damage that has been caused. Finally, I am disappointed to see that this item is listed so far down on the agenda. The agenda appears to be padded out. Some may consider this an attempt to kick certain matters into the long grass or to deliberately ensure that there is insufficient time left for discussion. Thank you. Thank you. Um, comments are noted and will be covered under agenda item 286. Um, can we, have we got um, our PCSO with us, Joe? Joe? Sorry, he's not here. No, we are expecting to have his results. Okay. Um, I seem yes, to have a couple of um, members of the public with their hands up wanting to speak. And just remind councillors this is public speaking time. For, so yes. it's for members of the public. Um, Mr. Connolly. Thanks, Chair. Thanks for the opportunity to speak. Um, I've got to say, I watched the, the video of the uh, meeting from the 11th of January on three occasions now to be absolutely clear on my views. Um, and I know other people have concerns about processes and procedures. But for me, uh, a bigger issue and a bigger concern um, is behaviours. Um, credit to the town clerk for making the apology. And I'm going to repeat, I think, a lot of the things that have already been said. Um, but I think it's important that the, the strength of feeling is understood. Um, so, say, first of all, credit to the, to the town clerk for the apology. Um, but at that meeting, questions of clarification were denied with a dismissive attitude, a lack of tolerance and aggressive body language. Three councillors made it clear that they were seeking clarification and they were denied that with a dismissive attitude. Um, they made it clear that they didn't understand things around the budget and it was a budget meeting. But despite their obvious frustration, they were told that there weren't agenda items. In my opinion, the agenda was being used to deny people an understanding. Councillor Parkin voiced his concerns about this but attempts were made to close the meeting on three occasions to stop people speaking. And on the fourth occasion, when Councillor Stockton, uh, sorry, I said Councillor Parkin, then I meant Councillor Stockton, sorry. Apologies, slip of the tongue. Um, Councillor Parkin, uh, Councillor Stockton again wanted to speak at the end, but a call was cut off abruptly. But the biggest concern for me is the town clerk ejecting a councillor into the waiting room. For me, the equivalent of being told to stand outside the classroom at school for being naughty. And the chair actually thanked the town clerk for taking that action. That town councillor has since resigned, and I find that very sad. All of this would have been bad enough 
if it was part of the town clerk's role, but my belief is that none of these actions are even within the remit, remit of the town clerk. And again, credit, she's apologised for, for overstepping the mark, I think. But again, that comes down to the chair because these behaviours were allowed without being managed, which left me wondering why. So for me, I think, again, it's already been said, but if the town, if the town clerk has apologised, then I, personally, I think that the, the council are owed an apology from the chair. And I don't work, use the word but loosely, but for me, it was quite plain and simply bullying. And it was allowed to happen by the chair. And going to item 286 on the agenda, uh, that states uh, to consider a complaint or report from a resident regarding the handling of the meeting that we just referred to. I know for a fact that mine was one of nine separate emails sent uh, and many social media comments were attached to that message. But it seems that the town council don't accept social media comments, even though the town council have their own Facebook page, which seems rather ironic. Had those comments been from a small number of people and anonymous profiles, fair enough, rejecting them, but the strength of clearing, the feeling was clear for all to see and for me cannot be ignored. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now, Mr. Parkin, were you going to speak as well? Uh, yes, thank you, Judith. Um, can I make this quick, please? Um, the first thing I do, I'd like to do is thank the clerk for her um, professionalism in terms of apologising. Uh, I appreciate that what happened was not good, but uh, the clerk has had the, the integrity to apologise. Now, should there be no other issue or any reoccurrence, my view is that that it, uh, line needs to be drawn under it and any internal disciplinary action should be pragmatic. I appreciate others may have another view. Um, that all rolls on to 276, which is that meeting has caused the resignation of a councillor. Um, I support uh, Mr Connolly's view of bullying. Um, I also support Councillor Stockton's view of uh, the disgrace that that meeting was undertaken with. Uh, next, 282, uh, the committees. I do note that uh, you, you appear to have dropped off the immunities committee, Judith. Um, is that as a result of my uh, uh, sort of points in terms of governance? If it is, thank you for that. Uh, now we come to 287. Um, I watched the events committee meeting on the 23rd of September and the tell was there. I'd be grateful as well, Judith, if you could stop hiding behind your papers and look at me, please. Thank you. If I'm prepared to look at you in the, in the face, I expect the same from you as well. And I hope other councillors will pick, pick you up on that. But in relation to that tree, it was very clear that on the 23rd of September, there was a moment which told that there was some sort of irregularities in relation to the processes surrounding the purchase of that tree. Nobody is interested in the tree. Nobody is interested in how much it costs. What we are interested in is following the correct financial regulations. And they are there to protect both councillors from allegations of things such as fraud or irregularities, to protect the public purse, and more importantly, protect pub public members on working groups. Uh, those uh, regulations have been breached. And as such, and as chair, and as, as an experienced councillor, I hold you entirely responsible for that. I expect that at that point, you'll review your position on PPNR, 
you'll review your position on uh, the council in terms of the chair. And uh, I think that given all the other comments that have come up, I think you should issue, quite frankly, a humbling apology. Now, should any councillor wish to defend uh, the chair's actions, then that will equally be seen as not being impartial, not upholding the values. I believe it's known principle number seven. And as such, if this gets further, I'm quite happy to then add those councillors' names onto the list. Uh, finally, I wouldn't play poker, Judy. Your face gave it all away on that day, and uh, it was so obvious what had gone on. Now, uh, I'll, I'll finish on two final points. One is if the rumours are true that you're going to stand for the quack election as you did some time ago, I hope your political opponents won't make any, any uh, capital out of this. And finally, I wrote to you following a meeting in November. I pointed out the issue of swearing by Councillor Putin. I still haven't heard or seen anything where he wishes to apologise for, for swearing off camera. And I also noted that he can't even have the courtesy to put his picture up while people address the council. Thank you very much. And I hope that all of the councillors look at this, look at the comments of other residents and actually do something to put a stop to this. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Can I quickly interject there, please? Yes. Uh, will, will Mr. Parkin add my name to the list of people supporting the chair? Thank you. Thanks. Uh, Councillor Critchley, uh, if you wish to support the chair in this matter, I'm quite happy to do that. Okay. Um, do we have any other members of the public wishing to speak? No? Okay. Can we move on then? Um, our PCSO is not joining us, don't think he has, um, but he has provided a report, I believe, Joe. We've had that by email today, have we? I've, I've forwarded that. Yeah, okay then. Um, Chair? Yeah. Can I just can I just like it minuted and put on record? Um, we did a lot of work together, Neil and I, over the Christmas period on a number of things. I would just like to thank him and Councillor Lynn Riley for the quick action we made on a difficult uh, decisions, and they helped tremendously. So I'd like to thank both of them. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Um, can we let go on then to 275? Lynn Riley, would you like to give us your Cheshire West Thank update? You. Just one second, Chair, sorry. Sorry. Um, agenda item 274 is for us to note the procedure for councillors reporting council issues to the PCFO. Um, what is that noted procedure, please? Oh, sorry. I think, is that in Neil's report, Joe? Yes, Neil was going to come along and explain what the procedure is. I understand that um, the um, uh, Cheshire Police have now have put out a new procedure for reporting. So he was going to update on that. Okay, perhaps he'll do it um, at the next meeting or we can... Uh... It, it just it, it read like there was a specific procedure for us as councillors in order to report council issues to a, to a police officer. Is that right? I think to clarify, and then I'm, wait, I'm still waiting for this information from the sergeant, it was council issues about specific councillors. Right, okay, thank you. Okay, fine. Right, so perhaps, <coughs> Joe, you could go back to, to Neil and ask him to provide that, um, to provide us a note of that update. 
Um, so can we move on then to 275, Lynn Riley? Hi, Lynn. Uh, good evening, councillors, and, uh, and, and thank you for the opportunity to um, um, present my report. Uh, as, as per the clerk's request, I did actually provide you all with a written report, which is a summary of the sort of key headline items. Um, do you want to uh, just get into questions around that, or do you want me to tell you what I've already told you? Well, I think it's probably as we've got members of the public here, if you could, you know, just whiz through all of that. Right. OK, well, very, very, very quickly in order of um, uh, that they appear on the report. Um, there's an item uh, in there on winter gritting. Um, uh, thanks to Frodham Town Council for, um, you know, uh, feeding back to me some of the issues that we had where uh, grit bins were found to be empty. Um, I think it's a prompt, prompt reaction from councillors and members of the public. We managed to get those bins filled um, a couple of days after they were reported, um, uh, which is a little bit unfortunate that Cheshire West hadn't actually uh, replenished them in line with, um, you know, the sort of winter preparation work that it does. Uh, I think uh, the worrying thing uh, for me in all of this is that the council, Cheshire West that is, is very keen to ask people to play their part. And when they do play their part and the bins are empty, that sort of undermines the message a little. I was also very concerned that we weren't able to secure uh, adequate gritting in the um, car park that serves the medical centre and the leisure centre, uh, particularly at a time when um, Frodham uh, has been very quick to, um, you know, call people for COVID vaccinations, was delighted to see that Frodham was one of the first 100 GP practices to be able to offer that vaccine mid-December. So it was uh, a little bit worrying that, um, you know, the car park was in such a state when, um, you know, some of our more el elderly and vulnerable were there. But I'm assured that these things are all uh, addressed now uh, on the back of uh, this last weekend, which was equally bad. Um, I've had assurances that the grit bins will be uh, uh, replenished because uh, I don't know about you, but I certainly took a big chunk out of uh, the ones close to me. Uh, there's a little bit in there about COVID testing. Um, again, I think people are a little bit COVIDed out, but very important to know that you can go for a test if you are non-symptomatic. Um, there are two centres that Cheshire West now has, one in Ellesmere Port, one in Winsford, which isn't um, ideal for us here. We're hoping that uh, there will be other options coming forward, but for now it's two locations. Uh, the primary focus for um, these two uh, testing centres has been for people who are not able to work from home. And there's been a particular push to try and call people who are unpaid carers to, um, you know, go, go and be tested if they are worried about uh, transmitting, um, you know, potential infection to the people that they are caring from. Again, I'm delighted to uh, announce that uh, Cheshire West has been selected uh, for a government pilot with some additional um, uh, testing uh, resources um, from um, the uh, BIS Department of Government. Um, that will provide about 10% of our population the option to be um, uh, tested. So that's very much targeted. Sorry, I'm getting some background from somebody here. Um, uh, for uh, local businesses. So again, I would encourage anyone, you know, the plumbers, the electricians, you know, particularly people who might be going into 
other people's homes, uh, you know, you can provide some reassurance to your customers uh, by getting yourself regularly tested. So please do so. Look at the council website for that. Um, COVID vaccinations are going incredibly well across the borough. Uh, we've got, uh, I think, 14 um, uh, vaccination site centres up and running. As I mentioned before, Frodgham has been particularly uh, active since the uh, 15th of December, I think, if memory serves. Um, the preliminary um, um, indications from Cheshire West is that all of the top four priority groups will have received their first vaccination by the second week in February with the remaining um, tiers five to nine currently on track for um, uh, their first vaccine by April, which would be absolutely marvellous. We're starting to see community pharmacists now being added to the list. And according to where you might live, not necessarily in Cheshire West, but across Cheshire, uh, there may be some of the uh, major vaccination centres that uh, that call. But the message to everybody, as we've heard tonight at the briefing, is please don't call the NHS. The NHS will call you. Um, and please, when, when that call comes, go and get your vaccination. You're doing it for yourself and those you love, but, but also for everybody else. Um, the uh, leisure review um, has been um, uh, adopted by uh, Cheshire West on the 25th of November, the cabinet approved the new delivery model that's a hub and spoke model um, to be delivered by the council's wholly owned company, Brio. Um, we did have um, quite robust representation from uh, various people from Frodham, and I'd like to thank particularly the residents who are uh, manning the petition at the moment. They, they did magnificently well in um, really getting the cabinet to add a further recommendation that there'll be some special consideration for uh, Frodham and Helsby, um, our A56 corridor consideration. Um, uh, sadly, the first meeting was supposed to be tonight and that was uh, rescheduled at quite short notice um, when it was pointed out that FTC have got their meeting tonight. Um, we're going to see a local task group set up at the last council meeting of Cheshire West, I did put a, a number of questions to the leader of the council asking for that um, working group to be chaired by the community, but that's been turned down. Uh, I think it's very important that Cheshire West goes into listening mode and learns from the community round here just what we are doing, just what we've been capable of. And certainly when you look at the, um, you know, the facilities that, um, you know, have been built um, in the WA6 postcode, Cheshire West has got more to learn than to teach to this community around here. So I hope the leader will reconsider that. Uh, I think it's essential that um, ideas and input that comes forward between now and May gives everybody in uh, our town and along the A56 the opportunity for an awful lot of conversation. Um, we've been, um, you know, a tier two consideration for a very long time now. And I think, you know, the consultation to the Brio feedback, let people know just how angry, disappointed and let down we feel around here. So we can't talk about this enough. Um, you know, we very much want to see, uh, you know, some sizable investment in our local infrastructure made. And I'm also very keen that we uh, we, we cover the 
um, you know, the all important consideration is who's actually best to operate those facilities. So it wouldn't be the first time that you've read our blog or you've heard us say um, that we are very committed to um, the A56 corridor approach, which was our alternative in 2016. Uh, and I'm more convinced than ever that some sort of community sports trust is our best option uh, for, for going forward. Um, we've had uh, some positive news on the Rural Bus Fund, um, where Cheshire West has been shortlisted uh, for some government money to look at improving and, and actually changing the approach to community transport around here so that it's more on demand rather than it just runs on the Thursday. So um, we're um, work, working up the detail of that. Uh, the scheme would basically be a, a million pounds worth of investment in uh, a local scheme to run for three years and and hopefully that would uh, provide a lifeline for many people who uh, you know struggle with access a uh, couple of big ticket items now um, we've got consultation out on the new waste strategy so this is how the council uh, disposes of your um, waste and um, you know collects um, empties your bin um, there is a consultation running at the moment uh, that will basically determine the next 10 year strategy for how we do this. Uh, I'd urge everybody to have a look at this. Um, our waste service is one of the very few universal services that literally every household benefits from. And um, although there is some very interesting ideas and thoughts in there, um, I'm a little disappointed that um, we don't seem to have factored in the last year where we've all lived our lives quite differently. Uh, and there are some big changes afoot in terms of how, for example, the NHS is talking about caring for us nearer to home. And I think we need a, a waste service that supports our lives, not just allows the council to empty the bins within its own budget envelope. Uh, Cheshire West is um, ramping up to setting its budget haven't seen it yet, but it's going to scrutiny on the second. So I'm anticipating the papers will be out this week. Um, I'm sort of expecting a council tax rise, which I think will be um, bad news for an awful lot of people who are um, struggling and worried and a little bit anxious right now. Um, I was very impressed that uh, Frodham Town Council were actually reducing their preset. And I think, um, you know, I'll, uh, if you don't mind, I will <clears throat> I think we've lost Linda. Cheshire West, where the council has 1.9 million pounds under its uh, stated revenue budget. And in spite of a lot of press. Um, uh, reimbursed by the government. Lynn, uh, Lynn we, we lost a bit of that because your screen's frozen. Uh, so the last minute or so we've, we've missed. Oh, right. OK, well, there was uh, I was I was just talking about the budget. I think I'm getting some feedback from somebody else. So, um, you know, if we could all just mute our microphones while uh, while other people are, are, are talking, it sometimes cuts out those little bits of interference. But but there we go. There's a number of consultations that I'd urge you all to have a look at and respond to. There's a number of opportunities for people to. Community champions and help spread the 
positive news around all the things that are happening around COVID and the pandemic. There's a lot of bad news out there that's frightening a lot of people. And I think the more people spreading the... the uh, and, you know, some uh, quite important consultations around things like the advice we give to people around uh, benefits, debt advice, housing, social care, things like that. So uh, I'll leave it there. Happy to take questions now or if anybody wants to get in touch with me about uh, any matter, I'm just on the end of a phone or an email. Thank you, okay. Judith. Thanks, Lynn. Do, do anybody have any questions for Lynn? Mally? Yes, please, Lynn. Thanks for that. Um... And thanks for your help, as I said before. Um, a few of the residents have come already about the waste and they are really worried that because of the service that is going to be reduced, that we're going to see more fly tipping. It worries me that when we were in the pandemic, they took the green bin away because a lot of people were doing a lot more work in their gardens. And I thought that that was quite unfair but I'm shocked to see that we've got, again, so many consultations costing thousands of pounds at uh, this particular time when they're thinking of putting up the precept. Uh, well, I don't, I don't disagree with you on, on any of those points. I mean, some, some of the consultation has, or, you know, is on, on matters that you have no choice but to consult on because it's a statutory requirement. So I have a degree of sympathy on that. But I think, I think you know, for all of us who are um, town councillors, borough councillors, what we really want is people just sharing their input. Uh, sadly, you know, every consultation, um, you know, is never representative because so few people ever respond to it that it's it's not a, um, you know, it's not representative until we get half the population, uh, you know, share, sharing their views. Um, you know, we've we've got a long way to go yet. So please, please do spread the word. Please do encourage people to get in there and 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 share whatever thoughts they. Uh, whatever thoughts they have. But I think it's really important that, you know, as we recover, as we, as we, as we work through what we've learned in the pandemic, you know, we want services that wrap around how people live their lives, not just we have to, uh, you know, put up with services that are presented to us as a one size fits all. Okay, um, I think Bernie wants to ask you something then, Ryan. Um, Lynn, is the consultation just going to be online? Uh, I think most consultations these days are um, mainly online. I mean, if, if we've got, um, you know, a real requirement for paper copies, um, I'll see what we can do about that. I mean, obviously, um, the library isn't open. People can't pick them up. Um, I'll, I'll need to sort of find out about that because we're all being sort of quietly discouraged from uh, sort of posting things through people's doors while you know infection control is yeah. I can quite understand that it's just not going to be a proportionate um, consultation really is it because not everyone's got uh, access to no and, and one of the things that I mean I did sit on the waste task group that's been trying to um, 
uh, sort of push this in a direction that I think is more sensible. When we've tried consultation in the in the past, the best way to get people to consult on the bins is to just stick something on the bin, <laughs> you know, because the bin goes to every house and, you know, an awful lot more people see the sticker on the bin. But, right. um, okay, thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Hi, Lynn. Um, thanks for the report. Um, I've got a few questions around the, the waste programme. I think it's probably the most emotive one for everyone. Um, I know that in within Wales, um, cross-border, um, Flintshire and Wrexham have been charging for waste recycling for a long time, or at least a few years now. And uh, on the back of reducing their bin collection, they also saw uh, an upturn in their recycling numbers. Have Quack consulted cross-borders on, on some of this um, on some of these proposals? Um, well, at the Waste Task Group, we've insisted on having a look at uh, yeah, lo lots of places, including those uh, those council areas that are you know deemed to be best practice. And, and Cheshire West does pretty well at this now. Um, we've yeah. we've always uh, sort of held to the fact that um, because this is a universal service. Uh, tr trying not to charge for um, the, the basics in life is, um, you know, quite, quite fundamental for me. Um, I, I do accept that, you know, when it comes to green waste, um, not everybody has a big garden. And, you know, if you if you do the option to charge for uh, extra capacity, I think is is fair and equitable. I think one of the things that we've all pushed for is that particularly over the last year, we now have information that we've never had before. And, you know, our, our hopes was that the new bin service, waste service, could actually be very tailored to what people are doing so that you, you, you can actually take this and scale it up. So, so there will be possibly, uh, you know, just as an example, we know, for example, where uh, there, you know, a lot of our elderly residents live. Quite a lot of them, sadly, live on their own, which gives us other sorts of issues. But they tend not to be high waste generators unless there's medical waste. So wouldn't it be great if we offered them a different service to perhaps a family of five? And there was either some bonus and incentive or we get people willing to say, you know, I don't do a lot of waste, but, you know, my next door neighbor with the kids does. And I'm quite happy for you to collect mine every three weeks. And but they need a weekly. And and as our lives change, I think those opportunities are there now. And that that for me is what a modern waste service could and should be looking at. I'm particularly concerned that the NHS is very, very uh, keen and the big direction of travel now is to try and care for people for as long as possible in their homes, you know, to actually bring the care to where where you live rather than sort of carting people off to hospital and, um, you know, extra care facilities, even though these are marvellous now. But, you know, if we are going to ask people to live, um, you know, um, at home for longer, some people will be, you know, living with uh, quite medicalised care. And we need we need a, a, a support system that allows people to stay at home cared for for longer. And we've got to, I think, be a lot more nuanced with this than just, uh, you know, everybody gets a black bin, everybody gets a green bin, everybody gets one of these, because it's not always appropriate. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Tar. Um, Lynn, I've got a few other bits, but I'll pick them up with you separately if I can. It's all around the waste strategy, because 
Um, I've, I've picked up with um, flinching cabinet members for environment and for highways in the last week or so. So I wanted to run a few things with you on it. All right, well, I'm... Properly. I'm personally a big fan of their uh, recycling system because their box system is brilliant. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll, drop, you, I'll drop you some notes in the week if that's okay with you. Okay. I'll give you a call. Yeah. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks, yeah. thanks very thanks, much, Lynn. everybody. Thanks, Brian. Um, can we move on then to 276 um, to note that we have a vacancy for a councillor in Waterside Ward? I think the, the vacancy notice was published on the 19th and it's on the Frodsham Town Council website. Everybody happy with that? Can we move on then to 277, approval of the minutes? Judith, can I just speak one minute? Is it just on the website? Do you not put it on the notice boards? Um, I don't think we're using the notice boards quite so much at the moment. It, it can go on the notice boards if, um, if you want it to. I'm happy to print it off put it on the notice boards just that you know we have said in the past about not everyone's got access to you know broadband and yeah whatever, so yeah i'm happy to, to print that off tomorrow and put it on the three notice boards okay thank you right on to 277 approval of the minutes of the meeting held on the 23rd of november everybody happy that that's a true record of the meeting Mally? Oh. So everybody happy to adopt those? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Mm. Um, meeting of the, where are we? 11th of January. Are we happy to accept those? It's a budget meeting. Um, Phil and Caroline. I'm not happy because when we um, agreed to um, reduce the precept, the, there was a requirement to find £30,000. Um, for some reason, um, the clerk minuted that it was going to be taken from the PATHS budget that had already been, that had been uh, decided um, two years before, well, a year before, whatever. Uh, I'm not happy about that. I think we actually, what we as councillors said was that we are cash rich and it should just simply come out of the 30,000 should come out of reserves. And that's why I would like the minutes to state. Caroline, did you want to speak on that? Um, yeah, I just wanted to say um, about when we're approving minutes, um, what we should be approving is the actions that are going to happen as a consequence of the well, they're not minutes, they're, they're, they're actually notes because, um, you know, they, they aren't, they don't record everything. And if you actually look in the recommendations, minutes should actually record everything. Um, so I would actually just like to say that we, we just really need to concentrate on the actions and perhaps and we've done it in the past, put a table at the end of the notes with actions on and who they've been allocated to and when, when, when they're fed back so that we've got some record because they do tend to get lost in, in, in the notes. Yeah, okay. Um, my recollection of the, the budget meeting, um, Phil, was that 
Joe did suggest taking the £30,000 from the earmarked Memorial Path Fund. And I think that other councillors were supportive of that. But the, the main thing is, it was just money coming from reserves. If, if when the Memorial Path Working Group have got to the stage where they're looking at how much it's all going to cost, we still have general reserves there that can be uh, brought down for the Memorial Path. Um, Mally? No, I think I'm... Right, excuse me. I'm, Ryan was I'm, up first. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Ryan. Your hand is merging into your beigey background. Oh, yeah. I didn't see it. Sorry. Mally, you've already started. You carry on. I'm, I'm happy to wait. Um, I'm siding with Phil on this. I didn't think. I thought it was just going to be for a matter of minutes and then it was coming out of the reserves. Mm. I didn't think we were stipulating that that had to come out of there because I'm at a loss because we've got it in reserves. So why can't we just take it out of reserves? Okay. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, I, I, um, I think what Joe was actually just doing was just, I think it was just Joe um, was sharing her screen at the time and she was just quickly showing us how, how an, an approximation of how much cost it would be to get the the reserves down to uh, a twenty percent reduction, so I don't think the intention was ever to take it from the path budget. It was just quickly to show that if we did whip out thirty grand of reserves, and um, that it would that would that that was a direct impact it would have just on the way that the maths within the spreadsheet worked. That that, that was my impression. Joe, have you got uh, an explanation for this one? Only really what Ryan's just said. So um, can you move to approve the minutes? I've already um, submitted the uh, preset request to the council, to Cheshire West and Chester Council. Right, so for the purposes of the, the preset request, we need the minutes to stand as they are. And it, as Ryan has said, it, it was demonstrated that coming from the memorial path earmarked reserve it as far as i'm aware joan correct me if i'm wrong this doesn't have an impact on the budget when we come to pay for the memorial path if it needs more than thirty thousand pounds that any extra will, is there in general reserves and can be moved into that it can yes so does that give you any reassurance phil it gives me some. I'd, I'd just like to have had it correct, uh, correctly documented in the first place, and I'm not sure that we sh we can approve minutes that have actually got wrong numbers in. But I guess all I'm in interested in, to be honest, is, is yeah, I want the thirty thousand back in the budget, and yeah, the precept that uh, we agreed is the right one, right? Ryan, I think as long as we're all agreed that the money is still there for the path, yeah. um, if the path spends 55 grand that we take the 25 grand difference from the reserves i'm happy with those money that money oh those minutes sorry because i i do believe joe was just doing it quickly as a as an example to show us that is how much 30 from reserves would impact our preset yeah. bernie okay. um i think we need to put it down somewhere uh, in writing that uh, the memorial path will actually receive the thirty thousand pounds if needed because you know i don't want to start a project and then come back to council and and be told no you can't it's 
Well, I, I, I think that, sorry, Bernie. That, that's good, wasn't it? So, you know, it's not now. That can certainly happen, but we haven't even got close to coming up with any costings for the path yet. So, but yes, um, I'm happy if Joe wants to include a note in the minute to say that um, the budget for the memorial path will be reviewed when costs are available. Yes, please. Yes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So we're happy to accept those minutes then for the 11th. Molly, oh, you're just voting, yeah. Okay. Can I just confirm? Are you all happy to approve those minutes with that amendment? Thank you. Right, so um, the next item, uh, co-op, oh no, where are we? I'm looking at the wrong thing there. Come back to my agenda. Um, 278, the accounts report for December. Let's see what the big document runs to 14 pages. Um, first off, to note the report provided by the clerk. So we're happy to note that we've got the report. Uh, yes. To note the expenditure during December was uh, £17,991.7p, as listed on page one of the report. Any queries on page one? Sorry, sorry Chair. Yep. The, the only one is the one we've discussed today was, was Georgia. Um, for light switch on, I, I have noted that there was actually three services she provided there. I think 385 just for a light switch on does look excessive, but there are three services provided within. Yeah. So if we could change that, please. You noted that, Joe? Yes, I have. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. Any other queries on page one? No. Oh, Caroline. Yeah, can we just make a note that um, I have raised, um, as requested, a number of questions um, prior to the meeting with the clerk, and um, particularly one about um, the cemetery waste uh, <coughs> that it was reported as being an overspend and by my reckoning, it's actually oh. an underspend, but the clerk is going to come back to me with details on that. This was on uh, the re report for last month, yes. not today's report. Well, it's, it, 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 but it's, it's carried forward because it, month on month, you, you've still got, she was declaring an overspend, but it isn't, it's an underspend. Okay. Um, but I, I would also like to say that it, it would be a lot easier if we could see more detail when we have the transaction detail, a little bit more detail because there are things I mean there was one I queried today about HR insurance I'm still not quite sure I've been told that that's now an indemnity insurance and I'm not sure that I still understand that because um, at the end of the day we we actually said we would spend £1,800 to Ellis Whittam as an HR support and then 
we've now got another hundred pounds, which has gone as an indemnity insurance, which we didn't know about. Um, so, um, and then, um, yes, that, that, I think the rest of my comments have been taken on board. I, the, the other thing that I, I said to the clerk in my email <coughs> was that I believe that each committee should have on their agenda whenever they meet is their accounts and that you as a committee go through your accounts and, and verify them at the time. Sorry, I'm losing my voice. Yeah, no, that's an excellent suggestion, which Joe has agreed to take on board for uh, committees to have their own um, monthly accounting reports. So, um, can we then move on to the listing on page, have we done page two, haven't we? <coughs> Just to note the uh, account balances and bank reconciliations. And then can we approve and sign the report? Anybody got any queries? No, no worries. So we're happy to approve and sign the report. Yep. Yep. Do you need yeah. a show of hands for that, Joe? Uh, can can I ask a question? No, that's fine. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Well, you've, taken, you've taken a vote and you've approved that. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Bill, you've got a query on it. Bill? Yeah, I thought from the meeting, yeah, the meeting we had recently was that we needed to make sure that all the queries that were we were having problems with on the 11th of uh, of January this month, that they would all be clarified. As far as the committee is concerned, are they all clarified? And therefore, can we approve? Um, I well, there's a, there's a couple of items that Caroline said she's asking more questions on, but th this is the just the report pack for December accounts, basically, our expenditure in December and um, an up-to-date where we are on the budget. Okay. Bye. Okay. Kid, um, sorry, chat. Um, yeah. Joe, is it possible, um, when you give us the list of payments, could we have, um, if possible, another column which tells us which committee those payments sit within? So perhaps after pay, pay name, for example, um, if we have, um, I don't know, George and Mary, could it then say that that sits within events and then which sit within PP&R? Just, yeah. just for us and any member of the public that then wants to scrutinise any particular committee. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ab absolutely. If, if no problem with that. Yeah, thank no you. With that. I can do that. Um, so just taking a step back before Councillor Stockton spoke, you have agreed the accounts 278E. Thank you. Okay, lovely. Thanks for that. Um, can we then move on to 279, the asset register? Um, I had a couple of um, things that I wanted Joe to look at. Um, 
But I'll, does anybody else want to add or remove or amend anything on the asset register before I go into my bits and pieces? Bill? Just a quickie, really. It, it's not clear from the asset register as it stands at the moment. What uh, it says, updated uh, register. It's not clear what's been updated, what's new, and what was there before. That, that's my only query. So I, I, I had trouble. I think in, in essence, it's 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 it, 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 it's probably fairly accurate. I just don't understand what's been added, what what oh. has what's changed. That's the only thing. The the old asset register, the current one before the amendments go on it's there on the website in with all the policy documents so you, you can always access the old one um but okay. uh, the, the things that i've got on my list that joe probably needs to add is that um back in june we provided the community speed watch group with their portable smiley sid speed monitor so that needs to be added um, cost of that, Joe, was 3340 and the invoice was paid on the 24th of June. Thank you. Um, now, I'm not sure if whether at the beginning of um, lockdown, whether there was an extra mobile phone bought for the office. I know we talked about it, but I don't know whether you did it or not. I did. There's a £165 that needs to be added there. Yeah, I wasn't sure whether it was just included in anything else. Um uh, for the litter bins, it doesn't say, this is on our tangible assets, it doesn't say how many litter bins we have, but I'm just wondering whether you included the two extra ones for the Ship Street play area. Um, if you could have a look at that. Yes, I, I can see here that I haven't, so they need to be added as well. Right. And then my last comment was on the tangible assets, probably about a third of the way down, the cups and trophies that were in store, um, we were going to dispose of those and you, you were going to send them off to someone and the, the money was going to go into the regalia fund. Okay, yeah, on the assets register, um, we received a payment of £1,236. Right. Which was agreed at the committee meeting for some of the trophies. Uh, so can I just ask council, if you could uh, give me the opportunity to update and defer this to PPNR committee so that I can get everything down in writing for you and then give PPNR committee delegated authority to approve the assets register. Failing that, it can come back to full town council meeting in March and we would need to approve the assets register before the end of the financial year on the 31st of March. I'm happy for you to do it either way, Joe. If everybody happy for it to go to PPNR, then that gives us another bite of the cherry if there are any identified amendments. Yeah. yeah. So PPNR can approve it then, Joe's subject to it being fully updated. Thanks for that. Thank you, and thank you to you all for your input. Right, 280, the risk assessment. Anybody got any queries on that? 
the risk register, I should say, not risk assessment. Um, Caroline. I think um, Helen was before me. I'm sorry, Helen. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Um, just really, given the public interest in behaviours and, and given the recent conduct within meetings, um, I'd like to propose that we hold a meeting of the staffing subcommittee just to review what action we can take in relation to um, the item on page three of four. Uh, it's entitled Poor Behaviour as Councillors Stroke Staff. It's highlighted red at the moment because of the high risk and high impact that has. And I think we need, really need to address what actions we can take to mitigate, to reduce that risk down. Right, okay. Um, but as far as the register itself is concerned, are you content that what it says there is right? Or are you? Are you no, I'm happy with the risk assessment. I just right. think we need to um, review that particular item. Yeah, okay. Anybody else got anything? Caroline, you had something on the risk register. Well, yeah, all I, just, just to make it so that it's more personable for people to look at, where it actually says the GA, which is referring to a colour, it might just be nice to see that box with the colour. So if it's green, fill the box in in green. If it's red, fill the box in in red. So that you can just put your eye down it and you understand then how many, uh, what, what, what the colours are, what, what uh, risk it is. Joe, would that comply with our new legal requirements on making it our documents sort of user friendly for accessibility? Absolutely not. But if you want the boxes coloured, they will be coloured. OK. Um, can I just ask one thing then uh, on the cash thing? Um, second line down, incorrect appropriate payments of cash. Do we still have checks or is all of our accounting, accounting banking online now? all online. Occasionally we will need to issue a cheque, but okay. they cast as a, a cash payment. The cash payments are literally pounds and pence. Right, it's just whether we needed to keep cheque in, in that list of things. Uh, um, and my other item on, on page two, property, I'm wondering if we ought to add cemetery to the uh, damage, vandalism, etc. We've got uh, we've got the memorial site, but not the cemetery. Okay, I can bring that back to PMP. Can, can uh, I know that Ryan's waiting to speak and then move to a vote to um, approve this risk assessment. As it is, not approve this risk, take it back to PPR. Yeah. Okay, Ryan. Yeah, um, I'm just... Um, concerned that we have nothing about our COVID compliance in the risk assessment because that's something we now need to look at or is it is it not um is it not pertinent uh, I'm, I'm not really sure it's just I'm just coming from it from my background I know how important COVID compliance is for mm. for me um and I'm just I'm concerned more about you know not just us but the staff as well so um I, I don't know if we need anything in there for COVID. That's one for you Joe I mean we have on the last page we have got natural catastrophe and I suppose a pandemic might come under that but Joe do, do we have we have some separate COVID 
guidelines, don't we? We, we do. So leave this with me to come back to PPNR. Okay. Okay, so we're done on the uh, risk register. Yes. Okay. <coughs> so, uh, on to 281. Uh, this is over to you, Phil. Uh, right. Um, Bernie and I have sat down and discussed merging the, the memorial path and the, and the benches um, committees together. There, there is quite a lot of synergy in here because the, most of the uh, people on there, on the two committees, well, they're basically the same people um, with, the, with the addition of, a, um, you know, some um, people from outside, like, like Vivian from the WI, and we'll, we will be including more, more sort of um, townspeople in that. Um, at the moment, we've both written separate terms of reference. Um, Bernie sent me hers. And I'm going to attempt to smash them both together and come up with one. Um, and we also think that the these projects both initiated our PPNR, but more rightly belong with uh, amenities, and that's where we intend to report back. Um, so that's where we're up to. I'm hoping to once I've revamped the TORs um, and consulted with Bernie, we will try and convene a meeting probably early next week to really start moving forward on both projects. We've, we've all been busy in the, uh, you know, the past month with budgets and all the rest of it. It's time to move on and get some real council business done. Right. So that's where we're up to and that's what we're proposing to do and I hope everybody's happy with that. Is everybody happy with that proposal? No objections? Yes. Okay. Thanks for that. So you, you'll refer your new terms of reference for approval to amenities committee then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no problem. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, 282, committees and working group members. Joe's done an updated list for us. Um, so do you want us to go through Joe committee by committee or do you just want us to give you amendments? No, that'd be really useful if we could just go by committee by committee. So this is item 282, committee membership update. So first, policy, process and revenue. Committee members I have are Councillor J. Critchley, D. Critchley, M. Poulton, F. Pennington, C. Ashton, R. McEwen, B. Stockton, P. Griffiths. Anybody else want to join that committee or leave it? No. No, okay. Amenities uh, committee. Councillor Pennington, Councillor Neild, Councillor Hayes, Councillor Ashton, Councillor Griffiths, Councillor Poulton. Uh, Pat. I, I thought I was um, on the committee, but perhaps some. Um... No, that's not a problem. Pat, this is what it's all about. I'll update that. Thank you. Thank you. Before we move on from that one, Joe, can I just clarify? Because um, I noticed Mr. Parkin mentioned me leaving that committee. At the time, we merged Communities Committee and Environment Committee into this new Amenities Committee. The chair of both of those old committees was Alan Olton. And one of the reasons that we did merge them was to help him by 
um, you know, the, the overlap between the two committees, it meant fewer meetings for him. Unfortunately, he left the council just after that. Uh, now, I think Caroline was a deputy chair on one of those two committees. Um, but as we were in need of a chair for the new committee, I agreed to chair it for the rest of that council year. But of course, then we, we got caught up in the pandemic. It was never my intention to be a long term member or chair of that committee. That's why I've decided to, to uh, drop out of it now as we're getting more councillors in who have more interest in the amenities committee um, remit. So that's why I'm leaving it or have left it. Okay. On to planning. Planning committee, Councillor Stockton, Councillor Wade, Councillor Griffiths, Councillor McEwen. Councillor McEwen, I think you pointed out that you're, you are now sort of one man down. Does anybody else want to wish join this committee? I think it may be something we can look at when we co-opt our two new candidates. Yeah. I mean, if nobody's willing to, if you need an ex, you know, you do need certain amounts of councillors, I'd be willing to put my name forward. I mean, it's Cora, isn't it? But can we, do we need any subs or? I think we should take Pat up on her offer. Yeah. Yeah. I think you only need three to be quiet, don't you? Yeah. Indeed. So, Pat, is that the planning committee? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Right. So, moving on to events committee, we've got Councillor McEwen, Chair, Councillor Ashton, Councillor Griffiths, Councillor Wade, Councillor Hayes. I think Pat is on this committee. Yes, so. yeah, yeah, that we attended the last week. Yeah. So, and, and Councillor Williamson. Yeah. Thank you. So, moving on there to working groups, War Memorial, Disabled Path. I'll, I'll read, reschedule that because we're, we're combining two different groups. So, if I could just confirm um, Ship Street Options Appraisal. Councillor Hayes, Councillor Critchley, Councillor Wade, Councillor Ashton. Yeah. Thank you. Neighbourhood plan, Councillor Ashton, members of the local community. Thank you. Festival of War. Uh, could, could I just ask a, could I ask a question, please? Yeah. Can I just finish? Probably. Please. Can I just finish running through the list of committees? Yeah, okay. If you don't sure. mind, Bill, we'll, then we'll come back to sure. what to raise. Okay. Yeah. Carry on then, Joe. Okay. Had I covered neighbourhood plan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right, so moving on then to Festival of Walks, Councillor Ashton and members of the local community. Uh, Memorial Remembrance, this is one of the groups that we're going to um, combine. Christmas Festival working, working Group, Councillor Jay Critchley and members of the community. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, Bill, do you want to ask your question now? Yes, um, there's, I think, two questions now. Uh, I'm a member of the Memorial Bench, which is now uh, 
combining. I'm not listed. I don't think I'm listed anywhere on there. So obviously they're combining, and as long as my name goes on it, it's no problem at all, Joe. Um, so the other question was, and it, it really is a question to uh, Caroline. Caroline, the uh, neighborhood plan, it's a question from me. Would it be an idea to have someone else with you on, on that neighborhood plan, or would you not like that? Are you happy with just yourself being on it? Um, <clears throat> we're a long way down the line now, uh, Bill. Um, we've actually submitted a draft to Cheshire West. Um, so um, that is currently being assessed for environmental impact and several other things. Um, so as much, I mean, if, if you're very welcome to join our meetings, but we, we really are, we're, I think, five years down the line now. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Sorry, Bernie, yeah. yeah. Could I be added to the amenities committee, please? Yeah, don't see a problem with that one. Thank you. Uh, have you made a note of that then, Bernie, being added to amenities? You're muted, Joe. <laughs> oh dear, thank you. I've made a note of all of that. Lovely, thanks. Thanks, Julie. Phil's got, Phil's got his hand up, yeah. had it up for a while. Sorry, all, I to, all I wanted to say was, Bill, don't worry, we won't forget about you. I'll make sure <laughs> you're on the on I, the list. I, I I thought as it was a memorial that you might. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Joe, are we leaving you to to come up with a list for those merged two merged working groups, or do you want to run through the list now? I, I'll do that. I'll do that with Joe offline. No problem. Okay. Thanks for that. Uh, oh, 283 trust meetings. Um, I think Joe has circulated uh, an email to us all asking for availability for those who want to be involved with these trust meetings. I don't know whether you've come up with a date yet, Joe. Everybody who said they could attend was able to attend any date. Um, I, d I don't mind what date or time, but please not the 10th of February. <laughs> right. And are we going to attempt to do the three consecutive meetings on the same night? Yes. And are they, did you find out whether they need to be public meetings or... I'm going to make them public meetings. No, I haven't had a definitive answer, but um, in the interest of um, openness and honesty, let's make them public meetings. I'm fine with that. Everybody else? Yeah, we're all okay with that. Could, so not, you... Joe, could Joe not give us a date now? Seems we're all agreed. Okay, how about... Judith, I said I didn't want the 10th of February. Can I just, Donna wanted to say something. Um, 
I did send you an email, Joe. I can't do the first two dates, which I think is the 10th and the 11th. I'm on a late shift. But the 15th, 17th, 18th, I'm available for those um, for those dates. It's the first two dates I can't make. Okay. But, but obviously, whatever the consensus is, go with it. Just let me have a check. I'm losing track of time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about the 15th of February? Fine. Yep, fine with me. Fine with me. On um, Monday the well, 15th. that. Yeah. What time? Would you rather have evening meetings? Seven o'clock? Yeah. Could we have it earlier? Ernie's got Emmerdale at seven. <laughs> <laughs> What about if we start at 6.30? Because we've got to split it into three meetings. Yeah. yeah. Six o'clock, ten minutes each. There we go. Still there, Bernie. Six o'clock then. Yeah, okay. Six o'clock, okay. First one. Yeah. 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 Monday the 15th at 6pm. Yeah. Okay, lovely. <clears throat> Um, right, two, eight, four. Uh, excuse me, can I just Hi, check yeah. something with you? Could you repeat that date? Repeat that date for me, please. It was Monday the 15th of February at 6pm. Okay, we have a planning meeting on that night, if I'm not mistaken. I think we do. I think we do. Oh. We can we can move planning earlier, guys. Can't we? There's only the four the four of us, so that we can agree now to move planning. Let's. Uh, can I just? Sorry, Pat. Sorry for interrupting you. <clears throat> if it's going to be earlier, I'm on the training course at work, so I'm able to meet. But obviously, I'm only just joining, so I'll go along with. Well, we're quarantined. Could we make it later in the week? Well, for it anyway, I don't think for the first time, but it won't matter if Pat's not attending that meeting. Okay. Yeah, uh, you've you've got to be careful. You've got to be careful on planning, haven't you? Because of the dates that yeah. they've only given you up to our, in Cheshire West and Chester to reply back. Yeah, that's we true. Yeah. At five thirty. It's up to you, everyone. I think yeah, up, you could always do your planning after the trust meetings. <laughs> If it's okay with the rest of the planning team, we could do that, I would suggest, at five, uh, half past five, if that's acceptable. That's uh, the right. planning. Rather than have it over two nights, Joe, is it better for you to do it earlier? Well, all, all I'm thinking about, why not just do the planning earlier in the evening on the evening we were planning to do which was yeah. the 15th of february we could do it at 5 5 30 uh because i assume we're all available joe joe you wanted to say something i do i just want you to clarify the time of the date the meeting for the first trust meeting if you want it to be 5 30 currently i'm recording six o'clock please could you just clarify 5.30 on the 15th of February. Uh, Joe, I think they were talking about the time for their planning committee meeting to do that before. 
planning plan schedule. Can we can we actually agree the date date for the trust meeting? The same day, but it clashed with planning. So we're saying move planning to half past five instead of half six. And then we'll do the planning at uh, the trust meetings as we've already agreed. From six o'clock. Yeah. So you're moving planning to five five o'clock? Five thirty. As long as that's okay with you, rather than have it over two evenings, we've said it, it makes more sense to do it on one evening. Sorry, I'm just trying to listen to me and listen to you, Ryan. So uh, planning at five thirty. Yeah. By the trust meetings, one after another from six o'clock. As long as that's agreed with the rest of the committee, then yeah. Yeah. I think we're I all happy with that, Joe. Yeah. Okay. okay, can we move on to 284? The co-option. Um, PPNR um, reviewed the co-option procedure and produced new documentation. Um, so we, we just now need full council to approve that uh, procedure. Chair? Yeah. Can we take them on block as we all agreed them? I think the majority of us agreed them anyway. Well, there's only the one thing to vote on, Mally. Oh, I thought there was two. Oh, yeah, the, the second one is just a note. So are we all happy to accept the revised uh, procedure for co-options? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So to note then that the co-options will take place at the March meeting. Thank you. Anything you want to add on that, Joe? No, nothing further to add. Okay. Um, moving on to 285, council training. Councillor training. Joe's put some uh, links in um, for training with the Cheshire Association of Local Councils. And... Um, also, that Chalk will provide bespoke training for us, which we've, we know we, we've had in the past, and uh, to consider the councillor training plan. So please think about taking advantage of the, these training courses. Um, talk to Joe about them if you need to. Joe? Yeah, there were just a few that I wanted to pick out, given that councillors have asked about finance. Um, there are several training courses happening on the 2nd of February, 6.30 to 8, finance for councillors. On the 4th of February, 10 to 11.30, the role of internal audit. 16th of February, 10 to 11.30, the role of internal audit. 24th of February, 10 to 11.30, finance for councillors. Going into March, on the 4th of March, 10 o'clock to 11.30, year-end accounts and audit. 9th of March, 10.30 to 11.30, year-end accounts and audit. 10th of March, 10.30 to 11.30, year-end accounts and audit. 17th of March, 10.30 to 11.30, year-end accounts and audit. 18th of March, 6.30 to 8 p.m., Finance for councillors, 23rd of March, 11am to 11.30, year-end accounts and audit. 25th of March, 10 o'clock to 
year-end accounts and audit, 30th of March, 10 o'clock to 11.30, year-end accounts and audit. These details have been sent to you, but um, I, would, I would certainly recommend that any councillor concerned or interested in the, the roles and the uh, proceeds for the accounts, please give me a shout. Um, those courses are available to you for you to book on. They're run by the Cheshire Association of Local Council. Full details have been sent to you. Thank you. Thanks for that, Joe. And uh, just for members of the public that are, are present, um, following on from our budget meeting uh, earlier this month, Joe has um, offered to have uh, an informal uh, Zoom session with any councillors that still have queries on the accounts, and she'll go through all of their queries with them. I don't know whether you, you've uh, fixed that yet, Joe, but the offer is there, and I do know that some councillors were interested in it. Okay, we move on then to agenda item. Two hands up, Judith. Oh, sorry, Caroline and Ryan. Thanks. Can I just um, make the point on the, the training for the accounts? It's really, we just want to understand the system that Joe uses because I've had a couple of queries and I've been given now a, a, a I don't know whether it's a screenshot, but it's in much more detail of the actual activities within a cost centre. And I just don't know what's available to me as a counsellor to see on her system. So I, I'd like to actually, one of the things to do is to go through what is available to us from the systems that we've purchased, because I know we purchased a new one last year for, I think it was about £480. Um, and also to go through, I'm gradually getting my query is resolved but there are still ones that we need to go through. Okay I think uh, Caroline part of the problem that we have is that we have been used to going into the office and being able to look up an invoice and just see what it's about. Um, I think we've we've lost some of that uh, with not being able to go into the office and I do appreciate it is difficult. Well, can right. I make the point? The other thing that I used to do was sign off the invoices. Yeah. The other thing that does worry me because I think I got a bit of a reputation for, you know, wanting the detail and not signing certain things off. Um, but because I did yeah. like to see a physical invoice. Um, I'll second that, Councillor Ashton. Okay. Uh, Ryan. Um, yeah, just to, um, while we're talking on the councillor training plan, I think. You know, it's good that that training is available to us all, and um, it's the same. Um, have we got a, a detailed training plan for for our staff as well? I, maybe this comes into to when we're talking about our um, duty of care towards our staff and as an employer. So I, th I think it's important we make sure there's detailed training available towards our for our staff as well. But I think I mean Joe Joe does make sure that training is available because I know they've done bespoke training or specific training on the, the, the cemetery system and, and the, the finance system. Excellent, thank you. Um, any? Yeah, please. <laughs> okay, Bernie. Do... Yeah, I, I did a, a finance course last year um, and it was all very interesting, but not really relevant to what I am asking Jo to explain to me. Um, but she has said that she, 
we're going to get a group together and, and we will go through it all. Yeah, okay, lovely. Um, and I think as well as Caroline's idea of each committee having their own uh, finance session each, each time they meet will, will help. So can we move on to 286 now? Okay, um, I've taken on board uh, Mrs. Scott's comment. Perhaps the heading for this agenda item complaint might have read better if it was concerns raised by residents. Now, I've made some notes here just to remind me what it is we're supposed to be doing. And I do take on board the, the complaints about um, or concerns about the way the meeting was handled um, over recent months. Um, tempers have got a little bit frayed. But the problem that I have with chair is that the way we do our business as councillors is set out in legislation. We can't just have free-for-all meetings where we talk about everything. Um, the Local Government Act under the legislation says we have to give a set period of notice of a meeting because the members of the public are entitled to attend. We have to set out an agenda of the business that's going to be discussed so that members of the public know what we're going to discuss and they have an opportunity to raise any issues that they want to say at the meeting. And then the third thing is the meeting has to follow the agenda. We can't introduce new items of business because we've not told the public that we're going to do that. We have to discuss the business that we've told everybody that we're going to discuss. Um, as well as the agenda, councillors are provided with all the relevant documentation before the meeting, and most of it is available on uh, the Town Council website along with the agenda. Now, the Local Government, uh, the Local Government Act also requires council to agree standing orders on the conduct of business at meetings, the time limits for meetings, and these clearly set out the rules of debate. Councillors may each speak on the agenda item and then we move to a vote. If councillors deviate from the agenda, my role as chair is to bring the meeting back to the agenda. Valuable meeting time shouldn't be taken up with general inquiries that could have been dealt with by asking the clerk before the meeting. Really only matters of concern should, if there are matters of concern when a query is raised, it should be formalized on an agenda for a future meeting. Now I accept that I have probably not been clear enough when I've been stopping councillors from talking and that's what I need to address. I need to make it very clear that I'm raising a point of order and stopping the discussion because councillors are going off the agenda. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry if people don't like that, but this, we are bound by law to do things this way. When we become councillors, we sign our declarations of acceptance and we agree to abide by those rules. So that is what I've been attempting to do. Um, I have to say, it seems so much easier at a, a, an in-person meeting, much harder 
on Zoom where I'm not in, in control of any of the technicalities. Um, I can't mute people. I can't put them in the waiting room or take them out of the waiting room. I have to rely on Joe to do that. And this is where our two roles have got a little bit muddied. So I do take all the criticism on board. So in future, when the council goes off agenda, I'm going to endeavor to make it very clear that I'm calling a point of order to bring the meeting back to the agenda. But at the end of the day, I still can't allow the meeting to go off at a tangent and start discussing things that are not on the agenda. Um, I think the biggest problem we had taking the, the budget meeting, we had two items of business to agree the budget for the next financial year and to agree the precept. And we kept getting sidetracked because people, councillors wanted to pick up items of expenditure in the current financial year and query that. I was trying to stop that discussion and bring it back to discussion, discussing the budget for the next financial year. Now, all of those items of expenditure can be discussed at committees. Joe's agreed to make sure that every committee agenda now has a finance section so that those queries can be sorted out before the meeting. Councillors have had the paperwork several days before the meeting. So there has been opportunities for any queries to be raised with the clerk so that you can then decide, is it an issue that does need to be discussed at council or is it just a, a general inquiry? And we can't expect Joe to have all of the answers at her fingertips. So I apologize for not being clear as to why I'm preventing discussion of some items at meetings. I have talked to Joe about how together we conduct these meetings. And uh, we both agreed, yes, we have to take a step back and think very carefully about when we're going to intervene and why we're going to intervene and how we intervene. And really that, that is, is where we're at. Um, I, I can't accept, I, I will not accept um, anybody wanting to go against the rules that have been set out in legislation, set out in our standing orders, and we've all agreed to abide by. So that's really, uh, apart from once again, apologizing for things getting just a little bit heated through frustration. Um, uh, anybody, any councillors want to add anything to that or ask me anything? Pat? Um, unfortunately, I couldn't attend that last meeting, but obviously I agree with everything you've just said. Um, and I do think we need to make sure that we follow corporate conduct. But I do honestly, my personal opinion is that the Zoom meetings do not help. Uh, like you say, when we're in a room, it is um, managed a lot better. Um, and I don't think it would have got to that stage if we'd have been in the normal meeting room, which we okay. usually well, that's yeah. Bill, Bill, next, please. Yeah, my view is that there's a question of what you consider is the agenda, because if we take it in the, if I can say this without being offensive, in the bold statement of approve that and approve this, it could take about three minutes. But there were, when you talked just now about having a discussion, there's no question of a discussion. It's approve this or approve that, and let's approve next year's. 
and you could have done it in five minutes, but people needed to have an opinion on something or a view on something. And we couldn't spare the time to allow them to do that because the interpretation of what the agenda was, was made up by the chair. Um, well, Joe, it's the clerk's job to set the agenda. Um, and I was happy to allow discussion about the budget for next year. And we did discuss the budget for next year. What I was trying to stop was from going over this year, the current year's expenditure, and which was not the purpose of the meeting and wasn't on the agenda. Um, Mally. I totally agree with uh, Councillor Williamson. I think these Zoom meetings are very difficult. Difficult for the clerk, difficult for yourself, but I think we've all got to take a little bit of blame for how we conduct ourselves at meetings. We can't keep on saying it's just this, that and the other. We all must take a little bit of blame for the way that we hold and conduct ourselves. And I certainly apologise if I've been rude or out of place, because as I say, I don't know whether I've got this thing on, off, in, out or whatever, because I'm not gadget friendly like a lot of people. But I would like to see a more calming influence and I would like to see a more uh, balanced approach. And I'm sorry that Councillor Sumner's gone and I would like to thank her for the work she did. We didn't always agree but I certainly think she deserved that vote of thanks um, because she opened my eye on a number of things. But I think a lot was learnt from that meeting and I hope we can all go forward now in a new year with a new procedure. Yeah, Caroline. Oh, you need to unmute yourself, please, Caroline. Sorry. Can I just make the point that when you're making, um, you're, you're, you're doing your budget, you always look at what you spent this year because that's what you base your budget on. You look at your spend profile, you look at what whether you're going to overspend, you look at items that have uh, occurred you to overspend, items that have occurred so that you don't, you've underspent. So you don't just pluck a number out of the air. So in order to get at what you're spending this year, the accounts have to be accurate. And if there are inaccuracies within the accounts, how can you set a budget? And that's what we were trying to establish is what is the accuracy of what we have spent so far? And what have, if we didn't understand why there was a variance, either an underspend or an overspend, why had that happened? So going forward for 2022, would we have that same problem? Did we need that money? Did we need the budget increasing for particular cost centres? That's why when you set budgets, they take a long time. They don't, you don't just pluck numbers out of the air. Well, uh, yeah, I accept that, Caroline, but we do have to remember that our finance reports package is given to us every month. One month it's, um, it's checked at full council, the following month it's checked at policy process and uh, forgot what the other revenue. Caroline. Can I just say, if you go back to the town council meeting 
of the 23rd of November, I think it was, I tried desperately to ask questions about the monthly figures. And again, I got shouted down and said, you know, why was I asking these questions? It was irrelevant. I, I have tried, I don't know how many times to, to go through the budget. I go through them religiously whenever I am given them. And I, I've, I've said to you, I have pencil markings all over them. And I just want to understand. I treat it like it's my own money. Yeah, you know, I want to know where the money's spent and what it's spent on. This is not our money. This is residents' money. It's your money, my money. It's what I pay my council tax for. Therefore, we should look after this money. We should spend our money wisely. And we need to account for it. I don't have any issue with that, Caroline. But we're given lots of financial information every month. And we have the time, if we've got a query on it, to email the town clerk and ask for an explanation. It only really becomes a meeting issue of concern if there's something wrong with it. If you just need more information to understand what the payment was, then that's a straightforward query that the town clerk can answer. Uh, Ryan and then Phil. Yeah, I'll move mine until you discuss item B, please. Yeah. Phil and then Joe. Very quickly, yeah, we do get information, but if you look at the information we got today, uh, well, we got it, it went on Wednesday. We had 15 separate information packs, some of which ran to 30 pages. And you're saying we're supposed to digest all that. Sorry, not 30, 18 pages, I think was the biggest one. And we're supposed to digest all that in three or four days and come up with questions and get answers off the clerk. To be honest, we can't get all the questions in in time. And it's unfair to the clerk to bombard her on a Monday, which is quite often, often what happens, uh, the day of the meeting. Maybe, maybe we need, I know there is a statutory limit to when we have to declare we're going to have a meeting. Maybe we need to move that forward a few days, even if it's, even if it's getting the information packs out rather than issuing the formal summons and notice of meeting. That way we all have time to actually digest it. There was a hell of a lot of information came out and does before every, every one of our, certainly full council and every budgeting type meeting, there's a lot of material to, to digest and it goes to several pages on each one. That's my thought. Joe? Can I just ask that we go back to the agenda item 286 to note the procedure for dealing with complaints? Sorry, Joe. Yeah, we did skip that one. Um, okay, 286A. Um, we're being asked to note that there is a procedure for dealing with complaints and compliments um, on the uh, on the council website. And uh, Joe has also referred us to our guidance booklet, being a good employer. So I'm just asking you to note both of those items. Um, so, well, Joe, can I just ask you on the finance pack, because that seems to be the big piece of work that we get each month. Um, can you, are you able to produce that report, finance reports pack earlier than you do for the full council meeting? 
I can. I do the reconciliation from the uh, each of the uh, balance reports at the end of each month. So, for example, I report on the 25th of February on the report that's finalised on the uh, 31st of January. So I can bring that forward. So I can also put it out as part of your agenda pack, but you can have it as soon as I've done it. So let's say if I aim to do that by the second week of the month preceding. So report for the end of February, I'll get to you well before the meeting. Yeah. So I would be reluctant to move the, the issue of the agenda any further forward because we then fall into the problem of missing important items that you might want on the agenda, maybe coming from committee meetings. So that's correct, but I could move forward the finance report. Would would councillors accept that then if the finance report came out earlier, but the agenda stays at the statutory three days? Yeah. yeah. Ryan's got his hand up, Judith. Right, Ryan. Um two things on, on that then. Um we go back to our, our good employer guide. Um, sorry, I'm just finding it again. Being a good employer, a guide for parish and town councillors. I'm concerned we have a staffing subcommittee in this council, and I don't believe it's ever met, or if it has, it's a long, long time since it met. After the meeting on the 11th of January, that evening I emailed you as the chair and copied in all councillors and I, I asked for that staffing subcommittee to be convened. Um, and I, I don't think the members of that subcommittee were ever contacted. Um, that, that meeting that evening was a definite example of where, where that subcommittee should have been used. Yeah, I take that on board, Ryan. Um, I'm not even sure who we've got on the staffing subcommittee anymore. And, and that is quite worrying then, as as yeah. can. If you do not know who's on the staffing subcommittee, yeah. what? that's worrying as a good employer and the direct contact for the town clerk. Yeah, I think as well, we, we have let Jo down because she's still waiting for her appraisal for the last um, year, so April, for the, the last year. Um, we, we're trying to agree a date with Helen so that Jo's appraisal can be done before we, we start looking at any other staffing issues but yes I'm happy for P, P and R to uh, look at um, the staffing subcommittee again and uh, get him uh, it set up. Donna? Uh, we, I was uh, on the staffing subcommittee uh, we haven't met for a long time and when we did discuss last time we discussed it was um, I think Andrew Dawson wanted to be on it, and it would, the the subcommittee was becoming more. Um, there was there was <laughs> there was a hell of a lot of people that wanted to be on the staffing subcommittee, and it became quite intimidating. But I don't think we actually carried it much further than that um, to to refine in it who, who was who was going to be on the staffing subcommittee and what its role would be, and then we got to the situation where. And the next thing, it, 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 it was kind of got in, it went into limbo. And I think then it came around to the time of Joe's appraisal. And then again, with the redundancy or the, the move by Quack and the uh, employment, employing of a, a, the HR company. So it's kind of 
been on the back burner. Not, you know. So that's what I remember of it. Well, there's 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 no harm in bringing it forward at the next PPNR meeting. Right. Okay. Helen. Just to let you know that I'm also a member of the staffing subcommittee, but haven't been to a meeting yet. Okay. So are you, well, I think we need to get um, Joe's um, annual appraisal sorted out and PPNR next month we review what, how we take the staffing subcommittee forward. Donna. Sorry, again, and also, I mean, we then went into lockdown with the pandemic and COVID, and I think everything's kind of uh, just kind of lingering. So I, that was one of the things that got put on back burner because of lockdown. Yeah, Ryan. Um, whilst I, I agree in part to all of this, but I don't think it is right that we're putting things like our employees on, you know, we've used words such as, put it on the back burner or this that, and then we've got a town clerk who's not had her appraisal for probably two years and that that to me if that was me if my boss hadn't appraised my performance for that long I would feel so undervalued and disenfranchised and the same with my staff that and yeah. I, I just think that this is where a lot of all this breakdown comes because we haven't sat and had these one-on-one -on -one conversations with our town clerk yeah. and documented them and, and formed good working relationships and, and, and steps for improvement. Yeah. Sorry, Pat. It's a legal obligation, isn't it? When you yeah. Have yeah. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's a major issue that. Donna? Again, it's COVID and lockdown has made it really impossible for people to get together and have appraisals or even just have one-to-one -one meetings um, I've not been appraised in work either. I suppose there's a lot of, of stuff for employers. It's, it's prioritising stuff, isn't it? So unfortunately, it's kind of in limbo. Not because we, we don't care or we're not interested, but I think a lot of people are just trying to get through the pandemic and being in lockdown. I do think, though, uh, appraisals are one of the main things that need to be done, you know, when you're an employer, because um, if statutory rights you know if you got dismissed it's all about legal obligations so yeah that should be done straight away for sure okay well we'll we'll discuss it at PPNR then um Bernie. can i just say you know i don't think covid has got is an excuse for not having someone's appraisal oh I've, had, I've had a meeting with the consultant over over zoom so, you know, if, if you can, if consultants can do it and doctors can do it, yeah. I'm sure that isn't a, an excuse for not doing a one-on-one -on -one appraisal. No, I, I have not said that COVID is a, a, a cause of us not having done Joe's appraisal. Like I said, we'd, uh, we're just waiting on um, agreeing a date for the appraisal with Helen and Joe and myself. That's, that's... That's nearly two years. That's really not good enough, is it? We're going in the second year of her not having had an appraisal. I appreciate that, Bernie, but I was um, the councillors told me that I could not do Joe's appraisal on my own. So we uh, decided 
and I'm sure Helen will back me up on this, we decided that Helen and I together would do the appraisal. But Helen's a very busy lady. She's, uh, you know, she's got a job to do. Um, so we are working on a greener date fairly soon. So I, I'm not sure that, oh, sorry, Bill. Yeah, so obviously we haven't been working to uh, an agenda on that. We haven't worked to the, uh, the, if I can call it, the good counselor's guide. So certain things are and some things aren't. And I, I think we've got to be very careful about what we're choosing is important and what isn't. And if the appraisal is important and we're talking about a two year lapse, that's not acceptable. No, it's, I agree. Right. Bad practice. I'm sorry. Helen's first uh, chair and then, then I'll, I'll come in. Sorry? Helen was performing. Oh, Helen. I just to say to you that yes, um, I was asked last year um, to conduct the appraisal with Joe, um, and I've recently been asked for dates to do that. So I will check my diary tomorrow and I'll get dates sent to you and to Joe. Lovely. Thanks, Helen. Um, if we if we go back to when we've just this evening discussed item two eight two, committee and working group members, and not one of us brought up the staffing subcommittee whilst we were discussing those, those committees and working groups. Mm. Not one of us took the time to even mention staffing. And that, yeah. that, that is important. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, one of the, the issues that we do have is the, the staff handbook um, <clears throat> is probably not in accordance with um, how we deal with, with some things. It, the, the staff handbook does need looking at. And it might be while we're, if we're going to be paying this human resources company um, that we ask them, that we've got this, we're paying them a retainer to review our, our processes, our staff handbook and how we deal with management of staff and, you know, all the things that go along with it. Um, Joe. Yeah, that is part of the service that um, Alice Whittam are providing. They've currently got the staff handbook. They have our uh, contracts of employment they have our disciplinary procedure and they, I will be getting a report back on that by the end of the month. So oh. we have professional advice, which is covering that moving forward. Oh, well, that, that's good. So we can decide when we've got that, we can de decide um, the, the staffing subcommittee. And by then we, we should have Joe's appraisal done. Right now, I'm conscious that time is moving on and we are limited to how long we can take the meetings unless we agree to, to go on beyond, I, don't, I think it's two and a quarter hours we're allowed for the meeting. So can we move on to agenda item 287, the Christmas Chair, trip? Chair, yeah. yeah, before you start, um, I didn't want to say it in public speaking time as Donna did, but uh, you have my full support. So if Mr. Parkins got his pen ready, he can put my name down as well. Thank you. You all happy to move on to 287? Yeah. Okay. I think before, before you do that, Chair, um, we do have 286C to consider a report. Right. Okay. Well, I, I, was, I was hoping really that I'd address that with what I'd said about 
how we conduct our meetings. Um, and nobody wanted to raise anything after I'd uh, read out my notes on the, the legal requirements for how we conduct meetings and why I have stopped debate on when councillors have gone off the agenda. Thank you. Okay. So can we move on to 287, please? Um, item A, to approve payment of the invoice received for the Christmas tree. Anybody want to speak on that? No. Um, do you want to approve the payment? Oh, Ryan. Ryan wants to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll speak on it. It was me as chair of events that asked for it to be moved to this committee. Um, I am happy for the invoice to be paid. Now we, we are in possession of a correctly addressed invoice that is addressed to Frodsham Town Council. Um, I think we addressed in events the other night um, our thanks to the working group and apologies that they've sort of become involved in, in, a, in any of this and their sort of their loyalty or, or their behaviours have been questioned, not by this council, but by other people. Um, I, I am happy to propose that we pay for that tree now that we have a correctly addressed invoice. Thank you. Do we have a seconder? I'll second it. Oh, Pat's already seconded it. Oh, good, good. All those in favour of paying the invoice. I've got something else to say. Oh, sorry, Phil. I'd, I'd like to know why it. you knew back in September that this was going to cost £2,100. You came before the committee and told us that you didn't have any idea what it was going to cost. We've asked for this, this the, the details of this um, bill to be brought before it was bounced from PPNR to the main, uh, main council, back to events, now it's here. Um, your role as the chair of the, let me finish, as chair of the Christmas, and you can stop puffing as well, Mally. As chair Excuse of the me. working group was to prepare and report back to us. You have produced no proper reports, just a couple of written uh, verbal reports. You've not produced any invoices. You have not produced the required three quotes. Therefore, you are well out of order in terms of our financial obligations. And to be honest, Joe, as our clerk, should have pointed out as, a, as our responsible financial officer that you were actually in default. So I am not, I am happy to pay the bill, but I would like to see a full independent inquiry into what has happened here, because we as a council are not qualified to make that, that in, to do that examination. I think we need to have CWAC in here to examine what's going on. And I would like to propose that we have a formal investigation. Right, well, can I just first ask, can we deal with 287A? I'm happy to give you an explanation when we get to item B, but 287A is purely about paying the invoice. 
Now we've had a proposer and a seconder. Uh, is those in favour of paying the invoice, please. Have you got all of those, Joe? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of us. I think there's just Phil not voting. Is that right? You're not voting, Phil? No, voting I'm, I'm abstaining because I, I think it should be conditional. Okay. I, I won't vote on this one, Joe. I, I shall abstain too. Right, moving on to B. Again, I've made some notes so that I know where I am with this. I know there's been concern, confusion, heated debates about the role of the council, the events committee and events working groups. And the focus so far has just been on the, uh, the ordering and purchase of the Christmas tree and uh, how it, that complies with the finance regulations. Now we have an events protocol and for events working groups run in partnership with FTC, such as Christmas Working Group, Halloween, Frodham Festival of Walks, Neighbourhood Plan, World War One, etc. The protocol only requires three things. Membership of the partnership agreed by council. Budget agreed, if applicable, to support the event and regular reports back to council. In the five years I've been a member of FTC, all events working groups have followed the protocol without incident and to the satisfaction of FTC. The protocol does not require the working groups to seek permission from the events committee or FTC for individual items of expenditure from its agreed budget. However, the protocol is not set in stone and the events committee are free to review that for future events. As far as I'm concerned, we have worked exactly as we worked last year, exactly as Christmas working groups have worked over many years and exactly in the same way as other events working groups have functioned. Now, last two Christmases, 2019 and 2020, we did have to set up a new working group because most of the old working group left. But over the last two years, that working group have provided two fantastic Christmas festivals. In 2019, the group raised £8,433 from market stall income and sponsorship from local businesses. Expenditure for 2019 was £7,383. And the expenditure for this year was £880 set in the tree aside. So total expenditure £8,263, leaving a balance of £170 of the working group money. FTC set aside a budget of £6,000 for each of those two years. And how much of that combined 12k budget has FTC spent? A big fat nil. The Frodham Working Group have funded both Christmas festivals out of their own fundraising efforts. And I might add that for the expenditure for 2019, not one 
request had to be made to either council or the events committee to spend that money. We, we, we haven't touched the money. It's all was handed over to the town clerk to put in the council's bank accounts. Invoices were passed to Jo and she paid them. Now, okay, for the, we decided because we knew that this Christmas was going to be really difficult and we needed to do something spectacular. We asked the town clerk, could we use our Christmas budget to buy a spectacular tree, to pay for a spectacular tree. And Joe was happy for us to go away and start looking at that. Now, I appreciate that um, some things may have got lost over the, the weeks leading up to Christmas. The government were changing the uh, COVID requirements regularly. We found the tree that we wanted. We'd done all the research. We'd got different quotes. And we went for what was a very reasonable option. Now, where it, it, I gave reports every meeting that I could of where we were going with this Christmas event. At no time did anybody question, all right, you, might, you, you weren't happy with the price, £2,145. I accept that. Um, but it was well within budget. Um, the cost of the tree equates to about 16.5% of the, the two years total budget that FTC set aside. We gave Frodham two fantastic events and there is nowhere in any, anywhere that any group over God knows how many years have had to come cap in hand to any committee or full council for permission to go out and spend a few pounds. So... A few, a few pounds. £2,500. It's not a few pounds, Chair. Well, I appreciate that, but you know, we've spent. You, don't. you obviously don't because you're trivialising it into being a few pounds. This isn't no, a few pounds. I'm not. Well, you, How are you trying to blame, blame Joe? A, a I'm not blaming Joe. Joe only gave us acknowledge that we could go out and investigate the tree. She didn't say, yes, you can buy it. You can pay for it. You can order it. Who did then? The working group. Right. What working group? No, let's stick to the agenda. The agenda item is to discuss the Christmas tree. Nothing else but to discuss the Christmas tree 2020. So let's stick to that. That's your statement right. tonight. We're sticking to agendas. So we want to talk right. about the tree. Nothing else about the working group. Nothing else about last year. The tree 2020. That is all. Yes, you're discussing the procurement of the Christmas tree. Okay, well, I'm telling you how and why the, the working group procured it. But you're not, you're, you're telling us about everything that's happened in the last two years, how much money that's been raised. You've told us nothing about the procurement of that tree. Stick the working group discussed options. Writing, please. Okay, the, the working group discussed options for trees. They decided on the one that they wanted. Can you tell me what date that was, Chair, please? No, was, I can't. I because can't. I didn't keep any I notes. I can tell you. It was the 2nd of September, Chair. On the 23rd of September, Chair, we met as an events committee and you chaired it. The town clerk and you agreed that payments over £500 needed to come back to events. You agreed, Chair, that if we needed to do that, you would call an extraordinary meeting of the events committee 
or tag it on to full council. That is recorded, Chair. Okay, well, tell, tell me September. when that was recorded. 23rd of September, events committee. 20. 23rd of September, just let me double check. I've got my timeline here. Yes, uh, 92.1 uh, in the minutes. You chaired it. And uh, the town clerk made us aware that any financial payment over £500 would need to come back to the committee. You acknowledged that and said you would call a, uh, an extraordinary meeting of events or you would uh, tag it on to the next full town council. Well, I'll have to apologise for that because I don't recall that. I brought but, that up before tonight. Okay. But also, but I, also, also, I want to note that you said at that point on the 23rd of September, no financial commitment had at that point been made. This is despite the working group presenting on the 2nd of September those three options in a PowerPoint presentation um, and the three options were there with prices. So that was three weeks later, you told the events committee that no financial commitment had been made. Well, it, it hadn't because we didn't okay. know for, for definite until okay. a few days before the tree was installed whether we were even getting a tree. Okay, that's fine, Jack. October 2020, the working group produced a document of income and expenditure. This document it detailed a committed spend of £2,145 for the Christmas tree in line with the quotes obtained in September. The document also details expenditure for all the virtual events that were taking place. Sorry, can you tell me what that document was? Uh, it's a document I've been produced by a member of the working group which details um, income and expenditure for that year. And it was a working document available in OneDrive from October. Right. The events committee then met on November the 10th. I was appointed chair of the events committee. You provided, you were to, you were to provide a report. The report was instead provided by email, which was uh, a form of a schedule of events and there was no other information in that report. Uh, I asked- Sorry, I, I did give a verbal update at that meeting, I, as I well as the email. I don't believe you did. Um, from there, you refer <coughs> that was sent to the town clerk. I asked clearly in the audio, if there are any actions which the events committee need to take and nobody brought any actions to that committee to vote on the procurement of a tree or to vote on the cost of the tree and no price was still produced to, this to that committee. We didn't have to do that according to the events protocol. You were told in September that that was what you had to do. You were told by the town clerk and you, you acknowledged that, that is what you would do. Well, I'll have to go back and have a look at that meeting, but if that's what you're saying, then it must be right. I don't understand, Judith, why when you've been asked questions, and I've asked questions as well, even though I might not have been on the committee, about the Christmas festival, and you were very vague. All you kept saying was you hadn't had a lot to do with it this year and blah, blah, blah. And, and yet you're the chairperson. You're the chairperson of the work. No, I chaired the meetings. I didn't handle any of the documentation. I didn't order any of the events. 
They were just done by other people. I understand. Other members of the group. You know, Council Protocol, you know that you can't just sign off to an, whatever, 2,000 and odd pounds without it going to somebody else. You know that. No, because if, the events protocol does not require it. Well, it should do. Yes, it should. Yeah, fine. But it doesn't at the moment. And I'm up to the events committee to review the protocol. You agreed to a two-year contract without it coming to council. That can't be right. And I, <laughs> I have said, I accept it was a two-year deal. And I have said that the council does not have to pay for the, the second year. But that doesn't alter the fact that it was done. That this it action was, was taken. At the time, it was done by the working group. All they, all the working group thought was that they had the six thousand pound budget to spend. Well, you were the chair of that working group. I chaired the meetings. So you were, so you chair these, and you've got no authority. The working group isn't really anything to do with Frodsham Town Council. We I have continued to no. say that I did what I did, and if you think it's wrong then I accept that it's wrong. But at the, I have always been working under the events protocol. And if you're not happy to accept my explanation, then there's nothing more that I can do about it. It wasn't done deliberately. Oh, it wasn't done scary. with any malicious intention. Ryan. What didn't follow oh. the protocol? I want to ask then, if that is the case and that there is this events protocol, how many things have the working group previously done in previous years that a one-off invoice that has cost more than £500 that would have needed the approval, that wouldn't just need the approval of the chair? Uh, probably, uh, uh, can uh, I ask for that information from the clerk to be presented at a suitable date, please? Um, certainly, I would think um, last year the... Um, electrical stuff for the sound system probably came to uh, you know the lighting towers and generators came to more than that um quite possibly the um for the road closures the um and they, they, would, they would have all been discussed as agenda items wouldn't they road closures and things like that they would have all been discussed clearly as clear agenda items on the events agenda yeah, no? yeah. judith can i just judith can i just help out when I was the events chair, I didn't have much to do with the working group because it was run through Love Frodsham. It never came to council. Yes, it was, Caroline. I've checked with Mike Busey. It was run through Love Frodsham. I'm still not bothered about the working group has done a great job. We've been through this and we keep going around that in circles. Yeah, but you're knocking the chair of the working group, Ryan. Yes, there's, a, yeah. there's an agenda. There's agenda here, and it's not a Christmas tree. It is. It is, Molly. It's not, Bernie, and you know it's not. If we, if we broke rules of the council, the chair would be the very first person to stand up and say, "You can't do that," and we're just questioning the way this has been done. That's all we're doing. It's not. Which one is what you're trying to say? Right. We're not. Uh, Bernie. Thanks, Bernie. You put better words than I did. It's not. Bernie, 
I don't know how many times I can say this. I, in all good faith, was working on the basis of the way things have been done over the years and in accordance with the events protocol. Now, if the council decides that that is not appropriate, then I hold my hands up and say, I'm sorry. But as far as I'm concerned, the events protocol didn't require me to bring every invoice to, to committee in the same way that it doesn't for any other event. You, you tell me how many um, invoices you were, you've agreed to pay for Project Festival of Walks, um, the neighbourhood plan. They're not at that amount of money, Judith, are they? And they've all come before council. No, they haven't. Yes. No. Yes. I'm sorry, Phil. On the, the five years I've been on the council, I've never been asked to approve any invoices for any events. We've agreed a budget for Festival of Walks, neighbourhood plan, uh, but no, we've not we've not been asked to uh, agree to uh, in advance that it's okay to pay this bill or that. Okay, we did not agree a budget for Christmas. Simple as you went off and spent two and a half thousand, two thousand one hundred and whatever without any authority from any of us. I'm sorry, we did have a £6,000 budget agreed. No, with. no, you didn't. I'm that sorry. That £6,000 you're assuming was in the budget, but you had no authority to spend it. Well, that's Nobody said to you, Judith, no committee authorised you to go off and spend any money. That applies to every event. Phil, we've never had to come back to council to spend money on Christmas. It's always been given to the working group and I'm <coughs> sorry if you don't like it. Ryan. Molly, that's all well and good, but when you were previously chair of events, if you were told you had to come back to the events committee for permission, I would like to assume that you would come back to the committee for permission. Caroline. Sorry, you, you, you're you still did. on mute. Can I just say that I used to sit on the uh, Christmas Festival Committee um, with Mike Pusey. I think it was for four or five years. The town clerk in those days always attended and we always obtained three quotes. I have notes um, which I'm quite happy to share with anyone because yeah. I have historical files. Um, Yes, Love Frodsham were involved and we actually worked, there's a, a, um, a guide that was done by, um, I'm just trying to remember her name, um, who used to be the town clerk and then worked for uh, Frodsham Foundation, which was again a template that we used to work to. And we used to report back on how much we'd spend. We actually had a cost centre and we drew up how much was spent on, on particular items. Um, so yes, I we always accounted for what we spent. Well, with respect, the Christmas group are doing that. But as you said, you gave a report on what you spent. You didn't seek permission to make that expenditure. We, we did, Judith, because the town clerk was on the committee. She attended and she actually wrote all the minutes of the meeting that were circulated. Well, where, where, where? Chair, chair. Yeah. Going back, this is run by Fro Love Frodsham. 
I think if Lynn Riley is still with us, Lincoln say the same thing. I had a long conversation with Mike Busey. They did have a town clerk. Um, and then all of a sudden, the councillors that sit on the council said, oh no, we're not paying that amount of money uh, for her. And they moved on. And I know for a fact, Hazel Cat was on the committee as a volunteer because she had a conflict of interest because her husband had a stall on the market. And I will reiterate, we have given £6,000 every year to the festival to spend as they want. And when they come back at the wash-up meeting, which we haven't had yet, and I don't think we had one for last year, because of circumstances, the finances is put in. If events don't want to give that 6,000 anymore, that's okay. But I can't blame anybody for doing what's always been done. And I agree, if somebody would have come back to me as a chair and said, you've got to come back to us. Yes, that's right. But on the proviso, and, and just, just hang on a minute, Ryan. On the proviso, we didn't spend 6,000 last year and we haven't spent 6,000 this year. I think, to be honest, I know you think it's a bit expensive and I'm sorry for that because the majority of people in Frodsham loved it. Please, before we go any further, can I just draw your attention to the fact that we're coming up to two and a half hours. If we want to continue this meeting, we need a resolution to do so. I'll propose that. Okay. So we can continue for another... Joe, is it another half an hour we can continue for? Oh, you certainly can. Yeah, half an hour. Okay. So, well, we're going around. I will close the meeting in half an hour if you've not um, resolved issues by then. We've only got one issue to resolve, really, which is item 288, the painting. And I was going to ask Lynn if she could help us here. Um, I guess we've noted. Have we We've finished not finished this yet. No, not yet. I'm just... No, I'm just saying that. All oh, right. Okay. So do you want to quickly... Is the meeting happy if we quickly deal with the painting issue? Then we can come back to the Christmas tree. Can I just say about the painting? I just thought that maybe it would be nice if we asked Roger Mart Centre whether they would like it. Is, is the meeting happy for us to just quickly resolve the tree, uh, the painting issue? I endorse that. Good idea, Bernie. Okay, I think and then we just have to remember that the, the painting was given to council. I'm not sure whether we can give it away. We could ask <laughs> the Art Centre if they'll display it for us. That's what I thought, because it is by a, a you know, a local person that we all, well, most Frodgham residents would remember. Phil? Just one My other area, just one other area where we could uh, display it, maybe the, uh, for the library, just because more people would see it there. Joe? 
it was gifted to the town council, so should perhaps be um, um, displayed somewhere in town council facilities rather than given away to another organisation. Lynn, I was just asking as um, chair of Castle Park Trust, could we hang it on the landing? You still with us, Lynn? I'd just get in touch with her tomorrow, Joe. Yeah, take it offline. Thank you. Yeah, okay. I think it's, it's a good idea. It would be nice if it could stay in the house. But um, we've, so we've got two other options, the art centre and the library. If anybody thinks up of any other potential venues, if you could uh, email Joe. Okay. Queens. Um, shall we go back then to the Christmas tree? I think we're, we're just going around in circles now. I've explained that I thought I was just uh, abiding by the events protocol, as all other events have done in, over the past, certainly the last five years I know of. Um, I don't know where we go from here. Ryan's got his hand up. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm conscious that we're going around in circles. That, um, I, I fully supported the tree. I, I was very vocal that night when you uploaded the pictures of it, of how great the tree was, I got into quite a public spat that I was um, on Facebook that I was um, pulled um, for. So at, at no point have I ever disagreed with us having the tree. Uh, at no point have I ever said we shouldn't pay for the tree. What I'm concerned about is how it came about. And what I'm concerned about is that on the 2nd of September, that presentation was made to working group members. And on the 23rd of September, the events committee still were not informed and there was two opportunities to inform the committee about that tree and they were both not brought to us. That, well, that... I, I apologise for that, Ryan. I, I accept that I probably have not remembered correctly what happened at that meeting. Mm -hmm, yeah. It was not intentional. And as I said, I would say it in accordance with the events protocol. I'm happy for you to review that, but it, it's done. I'm sorry. I don't know what else I can say. Well, there's any more confusion that I just want to clear up that as chair of the events committee, that nobody has even discussed not giving money to the working group next year. We've actually asked for more money for the working group next year as well. So I don't want anything to be misconstrued online later on that I am proposing that they don't get any money um, or, or anything like that because that is, there is nothing further from the truth in, in that either. So if we can have that cleared up as well, please. I'd just like to add to that, that Ryan has actually asked members of the, uh, the Christmas Working Group to join uh, the events committee as non-voting members, so we can actually develop closer ties with them and make sure that nothing like this happens again. Anybody else got anything they want to say? I just wanted to I reiterate what was <clears throat> just said there because I think we have to make sure this doesn't repeat itself this coming year so we all know what, what's happening properly. Yeah. Okay, well, could I ask as a matter of uh, before we get into organising any more events that that events protocol is reviewed? Yes. Where, where would you like that reviewed, Chair? At PPR oh. or whatever? Yeah. No, events. Events, events has got to... 
I think especially because we've got other events no. coming up that it's um, got to be events. Need to know what the if there's a change of compliance. Fair enough. I mean, it's got to come to you in events, Ryan, and then come to, to council for full ratification. But I don't think you'd have any problems ratifying do we, that. Do we need an EGM of events then, Joe? Or are we going to wait? Do our timelines allow it, or do we need a, an EGM of events then? I, I don't. I don't think we do. But if, if Judith and Mally are saying that we've got other events lined up, do we need to review that protocol first? No, I'm. I'm not saying you've got other events, Ryan. That's that's your. Yeah, that's your bag, not mine. And I think that this can wait. There's no big rush for it. We've got nothing that we can uh, bring out until hopefully you organise an amazing reinsurgence of our high streets once COVID's over, if yeah. ever. Yeah, and as long as Caroline's happy that anything that she's doing needs to, to get permission beforehand from events committee, that, that's fine. It's only you, Caroline, isn't it, that's organising anything? Yes. I'm Got to be careful with that. Too. Thank you. Can I just move... Sorry, Danny, what was that? Report? We've got to be careful with that, too, because that is inciting people to meet. So we'll be looking, you'll be looking, obviously, at legislation going through so that if government changes their mind and you have to change yours at the last, the last minute. Well, we, we, you, you've seen the minutes and you've, uh, we, we, we produced the minutes and they're circulated to every council meeting. Um, so you, can, you know what we're doing this year. I don't right. think I've seen the last latest ones, Caroline. I've only seen the notes from meeting one and meeting three. I don't and me. Yeah, but to the agenda right and we're discussing to be honest. Thank you. Okay, over to you then, Joe. Yeah, just a final item, really. And uh, two eight nine Clark's report. My major report is to report on the Tarvin Road burial ground to the adverse weather conditions that we've experienced this oh, well over the last few weeks um a number of um graves need um well well they've dropped a number of graves need topping up um Mally thank you you sent me through this today this morning Judith have been has been up there and looked Chris Shaw from uh, Northwich Town Council has also been up there and looked and I've agreed with uh, Judith as chair of PPNR that um, we will make arrangements to top up the graves and re-turf. Thank, thank you, Joe, for very quickly using that. It's a lovely lady and, of course, it's her teenage son uh, that's grave was very badly and then she drew my attention to the others that was done. So thank you for the quick action that will be done. I'm sure she'll be pleased because she goes there every day. Caroline. Yes, I received an email today from a fellow councillor. Um, again, it went to the town clerk and I was hoping that she was going to report, but for the second time, can I ask that the town council thank Frodsham and District Open Hands volunteers for all the work that they have done 
um, in connection with um, helping during this pandemic. Um, we have an, abs an amazing group of people who at the drop of a hat will do anything for residents who are in need. Um, I can't thank them enough myself and also the fact that they did the over 70s vouchers. I collected them on a Thursday and by the Sunday they were all delivered. Um, and the town council has not sent a thank you and I have asked twice now for you to send a thank you to Frodsherman District Open Hands for what they did. I'd like to second that because I fully agree with Caroline. I, I mean, I was thankful that I didn't have to go out and give the vouchers out this year. There's a really, really amazing job that they did. Besides, Caroline, they did an incredible job, an yeah. incredible job in their time. Yeah. Go. Thank you. I will send that out. You, you've got a contact to send it to. Yes, thank you. Okay. Anybody got anything else? No. Um, next meeting is on the 22nd of March. Okay. So you can close the meeting now, please, Joe. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye. Meeting closed. Okay.